Andy, we got to take stock of the chaos, the bonkersness. Yes, that's a word I just made up of this week. Four of the top five AP teams lost. Who are we legitimately concerned about? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. This is our other host, Andy Patton. You might even call us co-hosts, I guess you could say. <laughs> we want to thank you for making Locked On College Basketball your first listener watch of the day to get your college basketball content every single day. A special welcome to our everydayers. Uh, if you are not an everydayer, if you're new to the show, if you're just checking us out, and you're a college basketball junkie, come join the Locked On College Basketball Discord where we're talking college basketball all the time. The link for that is in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Andy, it is a Friday, so we obviously got to get ready for the weekend ahead. We'll do that at the end of the show, but before we get there, we want to look at teams that have survived the chaos, but even before that, we got to look at teams that are embroiled in the chaos because they've not been able to win this week. And so, Andy, obviously there are more teams that have lost than this, but we want to start with the four top five teams that have each lost. Purdue, Houston, Kansas, and Tennessee have all taken L's this week. Andy, what what does it mean for each of these four teams? Well, I think bonkersness was the correct non-word to use to describe this situation. Uh, Purdue and Houston, of course, both lose on Tuesday night, basically exactly 24 hours later. And within like a three-minute span was when Kansas and Tennessee both fell. You had to have both monitors up or else you missed one of these two games, and they were both right down to the wire. Exciting matchup, Central Florida. What a way for them to get their first ever Big 12 victory. First victory in conference play in the new Big 12, and they get it by just beating the number three team in the country. What a beautiful thing for them to do. They had to Um, make up for uh, missing that opportunity to knock off the Zion Duke team. Yes, exactly. How did that tip not go down? I still don't know. This is still thinking about that. Uh, and then Tennessee losing to, to Mississippi State a few day, or a few minutes later, uh, thanks to Tolu Smith. First start for him. Really, really nice performance. Great to get uh, him the back. Bulldogs. And, and, yeah, it was an insane two days. UConn, we'll talk about them later, the only top five team to come out of this thing unscathed. And even then, they had a 14-point lead whittled all the way down to five by Xavier. I don't think there's ever a time where more people – were invested in Xavier beating UConn than they were in that moment to see if potentially all five teams could go down. But I think it's an interesting kind of to look at at which of these teams are maybe the most or least impacted by this, because I think Houston and Tennessee might be the most impacted, but which is odd because I think they played the best two teams out of this group, Houston, Iowa State's a, a good team. We've kind of talked a handful of times on the show, Isaac, about what we want to do with this team and, and kind of the computers love them. Do we love them? You know, they need to pick up a marquee win. They do it against Houston. It's their only loss of the season, but Houston doesn't have very many good wins. And I think that's what concerns me right now. You look at their resume, their best win is it 
Is it AM, a team that's really struggling this mm-hmm. year? Is it Utah? I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Utes. They got some top 25 love recently. Dayton, they're a good team, but they're not a great team. Xavier, those are their best wins. It's one of those four, pick and choose whoever it is, but that's not an incredibly you know, enticing slate of, of wins for them, but they only have the one loss and it's not a bad loss. So Houston's, yeah. I think the team I'm most, I, I think most impacted by this just because they don't have that. I mean, Purdue has so many quad one wins. Kansas has plenty of quad one wins. Tennessee has played a ridiculously challenging schedule. Yeah. So even though they have four losses, three of them are to incredibly good teams. They're to Kansas, Purdue, and, or excuse me, yeah, Kansas, Purdue, and North Carolina. And their fourth loss is Mississippi State, who's also good. So to me, it's Houston, but I think it's mostly just because of the the lack of quality wins. Whereas I don't think in a vacuum, the actual loss to Iowa state is that devastating for the Cougs, if that makes sense. It does make sense, Andy. And, and let me just undergird your point there. Houston's strength of schedule at Ken Palm is 168. Mm-hmm. Purdue, number two. Yeah. Kansas, where are they? I got to find them. They're so far down. There's just 30th, so not quite as high. And then Tennessee is 10th. So yeah. these other three teams of the top four, or excuse me, of the top five that lost, all have infinitely better. Yeah, way, way, way better. To uphold what they're doing. And so I think that's where um, this is a bigger impact for Houston. And it is why I've been so cautious on them all along. And of course, the week I finally decide to move them to number two is when they come back to buy. I'm never trusting the Cougars. Granted, you moved them over Kansas, and Kansas lost too, though. So that's fair. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Andy, obviously, we're eventually going to learn more mm-hmm. about Houston as we get deeper into Big 12 play. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still going to be a while before they get to Texas or Kansas or anything yeah. like that. And so I, I think it's still going to be a bit before we learn even more about. Houston. So I, man, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're in an interesting spot. They got TCU on Saturday. I think that's a good start. If they're able to to rebound and get a win on the road against TCU, a team that nearly beat Kansas, I think that that does help rebuild some, some confidence in the Cougs, but yeah, they're, they're a team that I think I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned about and, and kind of moving on to the next topic of like, these are the four teams that alongside UConn are kind of projected by most outlets at this point to be the number one seeds in March. Obviously we're still multiple weeks away over a month and a half away from March and getting into the actual uh, selection Sunday in that conversation. But uh, who among these teams, it's probably a similar answer. Are, are you most concerned about staying as a one seed? Do you still think that these four teams are among the favorites? Do you think, basically, do you think, two or more of these teams are going to be number one seeds, or do you think there's teams outside of this conversation who are going to be uh, on the one line when we get to March? I think there could be teams outside of these that are one, but if you're giving me two as the number, mm-hmm. I'm going to say absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like there's, and, and some of it is just based on who they're facing. Like mm-hmm. the, the big 10 just doesn't have enough for Purdue to make me concerned, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing um, between Kansas and Houston, I think one of those is your Big 12 champ, mm-hmm. and whoever wins the Big 12 is going to be a one seed, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think easily you have two of these as one mm-hmm. seeds. What about you? What is your thought? Yeah, I think it's two as well, and I think it's it's two plus UConn plus another team. That's mm-hmm. kind of my guess. So it's Purdue, one of Houston and Kansas, UConn, and then maybe it is Tennessee, 
Maybe it's Kentucky. I think there's a decent chance. Kentucky's the on the rise. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a decent chance the SEC champion is a number one seed, and it's going to probably be one of those two teams. So that's maybe where that last spot comes from. I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona gets them. I was going to say Arizona. Yep. Conversation. Yep. Yep. I mean, the Pac-12 is not that strong. So for them being able to, to, to win enough it. games to, to be in that conversation is totally doable. I think North Carolina can get in that conversation too. The ACC is, is decent enough that they'll pick up some marquee wins if they keep winning the games they need to win as long as they avoid uh, any bad losses. That's a team that's got a resume right now that that absolutely would look like at least close to, if not all the way on the one line. Yeah, Andy, let's quickly answer an interesting question here. Of the AP top 10 teams that lost this week, which one are we least worried about? And to just give everyone the options, there are six AP top 10s that have lost this week. Uh, AP top 10 teams. That's a tongue twister. Purdue, <laughs> Houston, Kansas, Tennessee, we've already talked about, but then Oklahoma and Illinois as well. Andy, of those six, who are you least concerned about from their loss this week? I'm going with Purdue, and it's interesting because Purdue's two losses are are worse than many of the other teams on this list. Two losses just in terms of like in a vacuum, but I think they're just so good. And, and yes, they'll have these kind of slip up games. And yeah, Nebraska managed to find a way to frustrate Zach Eady, but this team's resume is so good that I'm yeah. I'm Both just not that concerned about, yeah, I'm just not that concerned about this team uh, even after taking their second loss of the year. Yeah, I, my answer is the exact same, so I'm not going to relitigate that uh let's move to the other side of that though andy of these six ap top 10 teams that have lost this week which one are you most concerned with well we already talked about houston so i won't relitigate the houston conversation although they're my most concerned of the top five of the top 10 i'll probably say oklahoma and i'm not worried about them in the sense of like i have these super high expectations that they're not going to make that's more the conversation we're having with houston or even with purdue or kansas with oklahoma it's like you know, they're, they're a team that they've, they've had a really sparkly resume up to this point, one of the last remaining undefeated teams. But they're in a spot where even 500 in the Big 12, that could put them in, in, in a bubble conversation. And I don't know that they're we're too early to be saying Oklahoma's a bubble team. I mean, they're ranked ninth this week <laughs> in the AP poll. But you got to win even the, the average games in the Big 12. You have to win a majority of those because you're going to get beat by Kansas. You're going to get beat by Baylor. You're going to lose those games. But if you're losing the games to like TCU and teams like that, it makes me a little bit more nervous about Oklahoma. Well, we'll find out because they are going to Fog Allen Fieldhouse this weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll obviously get to that game in a little bit. Andy, I would love for my answer to this question to be Marquette, <laughs> but they're not top 10 anymore. But good grief. Mm-hmm. Markin has five losses and they've lost three of their last five. T- Tyler Kolek's got to shoot better. That's the bottom line there. Yeah. But my answer, interestingly enough, is Kansas. And reason being is that the Jayhawks have just shown some cracks here and there. And mm-hmm. look, I know they have two losses on their resume. One is that Marquette team. I was just given a hard time to, but goodness gracious, Marquette, mm-hmm. that was an awesome game to watch in Maui. And then this game at UCF, but we could, there's a very real world in which we're looking at Kansas on a two game skid right now, yeah. losing at home to TCU last weekend. And then this UCF game, that's mm-hmm. not where we're at, but I, I, I need to see more of it. I know you went all in on El Marco Jackson and, and Kansas shooting guard, mm-hmm. uh, just woes on yesterday's show. And that's the biggest concern for me right now. Everyone else I feel good about, but when like, when you get to March and teams are all in on the scouting report and exploiting your weaknesses, if Kansas can't get that figured out, I, I worry that they may not be able to achieve the ceiling they're looking for. 
Well, Isaac, UConn was the only top five team that has not lost yet this week. We still got weekend games on Saturday. Granted, they got Georgetown, and assuming they win that game, there's a very real argument for the Huskies as the number one team in the country. We're going to discuss that after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The FanDuel app is really easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet. You can bet on spreads, player props, money line, over-unders. You can also make bets in the live same-game parlays. And you can find new bets in the new Explore tab. We're going to talk national championship odds as we've seen them shaken up a little bit with this week of games. Purdue still the favorite right now with plus 800. Arizona is behind them. We'll talk a little bit about the Wildcats here in a second. They're at plus 1,000. Houston at plus 1,100. UConn at plus 1,200. And then a tie between North Carolina and Auburn. Two more teams we're going to talk about, both at plus 1,700. If any of that speaks to you, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, as we talked about what these losses mean for these top four teams, these highly regarded programs, and whether they're still in that number one conversation, uh, you know, which teams are most and least concerned about. But teams losing like this, especially when a handful of big time losses happen all at once, it has a ripple effect. And in a lot of ways, it has a positive effect on a handful of other programs. So we got a handful of teams here that we want to discuss. I'm just going to run through them quickly. And we're just going to talk about what this particular week of games has meant for these teams. Of course, UConn is the number one team to talk about because they're the only team in the top five that did not lose <laughs> with that game against Xavier. We also have Kentucky, who's number six in the polls. Now they might be able to move into the top five. They also saw their uh, top competition in the SEC lose a game in Tennessee. North Carolina, only undefeated team left in the ACC. They could move into the top five as well. And then you've got Arizona, mostly because now not a lot of people are talking about their 18-point loss to Stanford because everybody else has taken road losses against unranked teams, so it makes Arizona look a little bit better. <laughs> uh, and then Wisconsin has moved into a spot where they have a one-and-a-half game lead over Purdue in the Big Ten. Not a huge margin, but enough that you start to feel a little bit more confident of, hey, do we have the actual ability here to to win the Big Ten and, and earn no. that odd automatic bid. No, you don't they think don't. So? No, probably not, but at least you feel a little bit better about it. <laughs> and then Auburn, similar situation to Kentucky, a highly regarded program in the SEC who now uh, feels a little bit more confident about their ability in that conference with Tennessee's loss. Isaac, is there a team in particular here, or uh, we can just go through them in order if you want, that, that you yeah. want to talk about and, and what uh, what this, this week of games has kind of meant for them? Yeah, I mean, let's just take them in order, Andy. We got six of them, and I think we can handle that a couple, a minute or two each. Starting with UConn, as you said, the only top five team to not lose. Um, look, basically, they're just treading water until Donovan Klingon gets back, which, again, you know, we, we said it all offseason went, or not all offseason, but when he was out for that month leading up to the regular season, like, we worry about big, big, big men with mm -hmm. foot injuries. Yeah. And so he's got to get back and be healthy. So I'm going to kind of wait and see a little bit on that. But f for me, uh, UConn, 
just kind of keeps plugging along and they're like, mm, y'all keep losing. We'll just keep handling business in the big East here. Mm-hmm. And as long as they can keep doing that, they'll be in great shape. I mean, y- you look at resume wise, obviously the Kansas loss is fine. And that Seton Hall loss is looking better and better and better. I think uh, Lunardi either put Seton Hall into his last four out or just barely into the field or something. So um, both of those are, it's like, okay, fine. Um, and so I, UConn, I feel great about. Yeah, and they got Georgetown next, a home game against the Hoyas on Saturday, one of the, the easier games you're going to get in the Big East. And, and hopefully that sets them up to be a, a team in that top three, top two, potentially when the AP poll comes out next week. And then then you got Kentucky. We talked about them a little bit. The Wildcats uh, continue to win the games that they need to win. They beat Missouri uh, in their SEC. They're now 2-0 and in conference play, 12-2 and on the year. And they have an interesting resume because they got that loss at Kansas. It's not a bad loss at all. But then they got that home loss to UNC Wilmington. That's really stands out like a sore thumb when you compare their resume compared to everybody else that is currently in that top five conversation. But they got a good opportunity at Texas A&M. A&M is one of the better nine and six teams in college basketball. (laughs) I think they're a talented team. Uh, Wade Taylor the fourth is not a fun player for anybody to have to guard. But if Kentucky can take care of business in another road environment, they struggled a little bit in the first part of the game against Florida, but managed to pull off a victory. If they can do that here, get another win, move to 13 and two, it'll be really interesting to see which of those top five teams that lost do the voters decide now falls behind Kentucky? Because I think Kentucky will move up again, assuming they win this game and they're kind of going to be a fun team to watch how they do uh, and kind of have, have some control of their destiny right now with this, with this game coming up against A&M. Yeah. And then after that, they host Mississippi state. So a really interesting two game stretch, but yeah, I mean, with with Kentucky, if they want to stay in that like number one conversation, they've got to really do work in the sec to offset that Wilmington loss. And that's going to be critical for them. Rob Dillingham had a career high the other night. And so you're, you're looking good with a lot of that. The key I think for them is going to be to continue to get Aaron Bradshaw and Justin Edwards rising to the level. Like I think Leaf talked about it the other day is progression to the mean, even mm-hmm. while we probably expect a little bit of regression to the mean eventually for Reed Shepard, yeah. but even that balancing will be fine for the cats. Uh, Andy, the third team on this list is North Carolina. As you said earlier, only remaining undefeated ACC team, 12 and three overall four and zero in conference play. And this is another one of those teams that just keeps kind of trucking along. They're coming off a a three-game road undefeated streak Mm -hmm. where they didn't allow an opponent to score more than 60 points. Held all three of those, uh, Pittsburgh, Clemson, and NC State, all under 60. Kind of similar to what we were saying earlier um, with Tennessee, North Carolina has three really great losses. Mm -hmm. And so it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. They're they're back at home this weekend hosting Syracuse. But Carolina is interesting to me. Yeah, they're 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 kind of just taking care of business. They're they're yeah. one of the few teams that isn't losing games they shouldn't be losing. And in the ACC, that seems to be a very prevalent thing that we have seen with Clemson, we have seen with Miami, we have seen Oof. with Virginia. Like like all the teams that outside of Duke and Carolina that are expected to be at the top of the ACC have floundered. And so for for Carolina, they're just taking care of the business they need to take care of, and that has put them in a position where I don't necessarily even if they beat Syracuse, I don't think they'll get into the top five necessarily it certainly depends what happens with some of these other teams uh, on Saturday but 
they're right in that conversation. They're inching closer and closer to it. And, and as long as they keep winning, at the very least, they're separating themselves in the ACC, which puts them in a nice position when March rolls around. Isaac, I want to talk about Arizona as well, a team that's been in this top five conversation, in this top three conversation before they lost at Stanford uh, in a bad, bad way. They gave up 100 points to the Cardinal. 100 to 82 was the final score there. And Arizona got bumped all the way down to number 10 in the AP poll, and they've started to climb their way back. And now their resume doesn't look that much different than any of the other top five teams. That Stanford loss certainly doesn't look great, but it compares, it doesn't compare that you know, poorly to Central Florida or even Iowa State and Mississippi State. Like, it's a little worse than those, but this team also has some really quality wins. Like, this Arizona team, I think, is looking more favorably because of those losses that those top five teams took. They also took care of their business after that. They walloped Florida, or excuse me, Colorado, beat them by 47 points. They also beat Utah by 19. Two really quality victories for the Wildcats. They're now 12-3 and on the year. Their win over Wisconsin has continued to age well, as we'll talk about the Badgers here momentarily. Uh, and their, yeah, their win over Duke has aged well. And they got Washington State on the road. It's not a huge game, but assuming they take care of business there, that's another decent win on their resume. And I think we could see Arizona back in that top five conversation before too long. Yeah, I think the reason they fell so far was just because of who it was they lost to. But yeah. Arizona deserved to be in the top five. We'll see if they get their way back there. Andy, let's quickly hit Wisconsin and Auburn. And I know we need to move to our weekend preview. But um, I, listen, I, I was giving you a hard time about I, I don't think there's any way Wisconsin can overcome Purdue Mm -hmm. in the Big Ten or you know Mm -hmm. hold off Purdue because they're above them right now but um take nothing away from Wisconsin Mm -hmm. they're a great basketball team doing a lot I believe they're 11th at Ken Palm right now their losses Tennessee Providence and Arizona Mm -hmm. all of which are incredibly understandable the only thing for me though is with Wisconsin there's nothing I really look at as like a standout elite level victory like because Marquette the victory over Marquette is great but Mm it you know we just talked about Marquette and their five losses went over Michigan State who we talked about earlier this week just hold on for the clown car ride you know like it's just bonkers and so uh Wisconsin kind of similar to what we said about North Carolina just taking care of business one game at a time and that could be enough and then Auburn Andy uh right now how about this Auburn fourth at Ken Palm fifth at Torvik seventh in the net Here's where it's weird to me. Only one quad one game so far for the Tigers. They lost it. That was Baylor to kick off the season. But from a schedule standpoint, they're in good shape. They only have to play Kentucky once. It's at Mm -hmm. home. Tennessee once. That's on the road. Meanwhile, Kentucky and Tennessee play each other twice. twice. And consequently, FanDuel favors Auburn to win the SEC. Andy, what do you make of the Tigers? Yeah, they've been kind of a fascinating team all year long. I think that the the being fourth, fifth at Ken Palm, all that is is probably a little higher than they should be in terms of like I'm not going to rank them fifth necessarily in, in in my poll, but they're a good team. They've absolutely taken care of their business. The Baylor loss, I think, in the opening game is is something that's kind of a bit of a wash. The App State loss we've talked about not being as bad of a loss as many people think that it is, but. I don't think they're a more talented team than either Tennessee or Kentucky, but I do think that scheduling favors them in a way where I wouldn't be stunned if they are the, the number one team in the regular season. Does that mean they'll win the SEC tournament? My gut says probably not. I just think Kentucky and Tennessee are more talented, but this is a good team. If they finish third, they're still going to get themselves a top five seed in March, and, and Bruce Pearl's team could make some could make some real noise when they get there. Oh, Andy. 
I'm really curious to see if we get more of the bonkersness this weekend or if things are going to regulate and cool off a little bit. We're going to get you ready for another massive weekend of college basketball coming up. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. Look, one of your New Year's resolutions should be to go check out all the best sporting events and theater and comedy and concerts, whatever, around you. And thankfully, there's an app called Game Time, the fast and easy way to help you get great last-minute ticket deals for any of those events you want to get to. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. And with that, Game Time has exactly what you need to get tickets to that next big event. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download their app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Terms apply. Download Game Time. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Andy, it's time to get ready for the weekend. I'm going to start us off with the lone ranked on ranked game of the weekend. Number nine, Oklahoma at number three, Kansas to Eastern on Big 12 ESPN plus. Why, why, why? <laughs> Ken Palm has the line Kansas minus four at home. And so, Andy, here's the thing. Both of these are two of the six top 10 teams we talked about that took L's this week, both looking to rebound. Crazy kind of stuff here. Really interested to see, in particular, how Kansas handles its business after losing at UCF, after almost losing at home to TCU. I think we're going to see a mad Kansas team. But the big question we talked about earlier, what production can they get from the shooting guard position? That might impact whether they can win this game at home against Oklahoma. Moving over to the SEC, a battle of unranked teams, but a really intriguing matchup here as Alabama goes to Mississippi State to take on the Bulldogs, who, of course, just picked up a big victory over Tennessee earlier in the week. This game is at 8.30 Eastern time. It is on the SEC Network. Ken Palm currently favors Bama by two, despite being the road team. And we've talked a handful of times on the show about Alabama's resume, lack of quad one games. The defense is, is something that, that they certainly need to improve upon if they want to be in that conversation as an Elite Eight Final Four type of team. Uh, but they have continued to play solid basketball. They, they're a team that nobody really wants to face with the offensive firepower that they have, the way Mark Sears has been playing uh, as they've been getting Grant Nelson uh, kind of into the mix a little bit. And Tolu Smith back for Mississippi State, yeah. I think, makes this a really intriguing matchup. If Mississippi State can pull off a win here, beating Tennessee and Alabama in the same week, it'll be hard to not rank the Bulldogs next week, and it'll be another bad loss for Alabama. Andy, elsewhere in the SEC, we've got number six, Kentucky, traveling to College Station to try to take on the – well, they're definitely going to take on the Texas A&M <laughs> Aggies. They're going to try to beat them, though, to Eastern on ESPN. Ken Palm has this one, Kentucky by one. Andy, you said it earlier, Texas A&M is perhaps best the best six-loss team <laughs> in the nation if we can make such a designation. And it's funny, as you look at their resume, a lot of these losses are understandable, except – Losing at home to LSU by 15. Mm -hmm. What yeah. on earth is that? And so here, here's the deal. I, I said it um, earlier. Who was I just talking about that? That's got to be better. Um, 
Oh, the, the two guard for Kansas, whoever mm-hmm. that El Marco and whomever mm-hmm. that's going to be. Uh, Wade Taylor has got to be better for Texas A&M. Yeah. As he goes, they go. We're going to look to see if he can handle against this wildly athletic and talented Kentucky backcourt. We talked about this game already a little bit earlier with Houston and they're, they're uh, needing to prove that they can withstand the rigors of a Big 12 schedule. And they had that loss to Iowa State. Again, a, a defensible loss in a vacuum. But for, for people who are concerned about Houston moving from the American Athletic Conference into the Big 12, this is a big test for them. You got to rebound from a loss to Iowa State and you got to go on the road and take on TCU, a team that uh, beat Oklahoma that nearly, nearly beat Kansas. This is a good Horned Frogs team. Uh, this game's at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It will be on ESPN. Houston is favored by seven, but this is not going to be an easy game for this team at all. See how how LJ Cryer, how Jamal Shedd, how they're able to respond uh, from that Iowa State game and potentially pick up a victory here against TCU. If they do not, it certainly is going to make our conversations of who do we still keep in the top five are going to become a little bit easier if Houston loses here to TCU. Uh, meanwhile, the Horned Frogs could could put themselves back in the top 25 conversation if they pick up a win here. St. John's at number 22, Creighton, one Eastern on Fox on Saturday. Ken Palm has it, Creighton minus eight. By the way, all five of these games we talked about are Saturday because Friday and Sunday are kind of yawn, if we're being honest. Andy, the Big East does not have any undefeated teams in conference play, but sitting at the top are UConn, Seton Hall, and St. John's all at four and one. Creighton, though, is just one game off of that lead at three and two. And so if they can hold serve at home, they'll just kind of keep track with those leaders and bring St. John's back to the pack a little bit. I, For me, I, this line is too big. Yeah. But ultimately, I think Creighton wins at home. I want to see a big game from Baylor Shireman. Can Steven Ashworth maybe light it up a bit? Trey mm-hmm. Alexander get going and just be the stud athlete that he is. Yeah, Joel Soriano versus Ryan Kalkbrenner, very, very uh, fun uh, matchup in yes. the front court as well. It may be the most exciting front court matchup that you're going to see in the Big East, especially while Donovan Klingon is on the shelf. Some really fun stuff going on in the Big East. Isaac, that's going to wrap it up for today uh, here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Fun weekend, slate of games here. We're excited to be back on Monday to recap this this weekend, what it meant for the AP poll, what it means for our poll on Locked On College Basketball as we get into the third week of January. And hopefully more excitement, more upsets, more buzzer beaters, more madness. Two, still a month and a half away from March, and we're already into the madness. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on Locked On College Basketball. If you would, uh, leave us a review, rate us on iTunes, hit that like button on YouTube, let us know that you were here. You can, of course, join us on our Discord channel as well, as well where we're talking throughout the games uh, all day long. It is free to join. It is in There's a link in your show notes on both audio and video platforms. Uh, until Monday, enjoy the weekend. Apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats, in this case, a handful of Wildcats. (laughs) And until Monday, peace.